Good luck if you're a rising blues singer today. You've got some pretty big shoes to fill. That's something Brian Owens knows all too well. I always hated following her. Because it's like, what am I supposed to do? You know, she go down there and tear the stage down. Um, and, and I'm supposed to follow that. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved I'm Sarah Fenske. This is St. Louis on the Air. was blind, but now I see. Earlier this week, the St. Louis music community lost a legend. On Monday, beloved vocalist Kim Massey died. Massey was a consummate performer who brought joy to countless souls in every part of our region. We'll hear from several of her friends and fellow performers in a moment as we remember her life and legacy. We also heard from listeners when we mentioned we'd be honoring Massey today. That includes Barb Roach. Barb wrote to us, quote, My husband and I saw Kim Massey sing at one of her first performances in St. Louis at the Big Muddy Blues Fest, and she had that crowd rocking. I mean, dancing like nobody was watching. From that moment on, we have followed her to every venue and summer concert she ever sang at. Although she was proud of the fact that she could sing any genre well, we especially appreciated her in the wee hours of the night at Beale on Broadway, where she would sing iconic, gritty blues tunes. We always managed to get the first two seats at the bar in that small, intimate place and watched her sing her heart out as if she was in front of us in our living room. Barb added she had too many signature songs to mention, but at last would have to be the best known. Music soothes the soul, and she knew how to soothe mine. I asked by a, a show of hands, how many are seeing Kim Massey for the first time? Do that again. Oh, that's all right. That's wonderful. I love newbies. I love that. Wow. That means your lives will never be the same. That's right. That's right. All right. All right. About seven years ago, Massey put on the memorable concert you're hearing now. It took place right here at St. Louis Public Radio alongside pianist Peter Martin. The occasion marked the station's first ever Arch City Radio Hour, recorded by Greg Montanew. As Massey told St. Louis Public Radio's Nick Garcia at the time, she put her heart into her performance. And, she explained, that's something she always did. When I get in front of my audience, I don't care if I'm playing for free or if I'm playing for a million bucks, I'm going to give you the same show because that could very well be my last show and you're only as good as your last performance. I've always adopted that, that, kind, of a, that kind of thing. So I give it my all 
every time I sing. And I found a thrill Press my cheek to A thrill that Gene Dobbs Bradford is the president and CEO of Jazz St. Louis. He knew Kim Massey for a long time. He feels like he got to watch her grow as an artist, and he offered his reflections about her striking stage presence. As a performer, I think that, um, well, obviously there's the voice, right? She had an incredible voice, um, but I think more so than that, it had to be the fact that she was a great storyteller, and I think that's the mark of a great singer is that ability to create a scene, that ability to, uh, to create uh, a picture in one's mind uh, through their interpretation of the song. And Kim was really, really strong at that. I mean, uh, that's you came away feeling like, uh, like you, you were seeing, it was like a play. You know, it was like a, it was like a drama unfolding before you every time she would sing a song and the story of that song would come through. Bradford describes Massey as a giving person, a beautiful spirit, both before adoring audiences and in her interaction with her fellow musicians. Songwriter and producer Brian Owens experienced her kindness to other local performers firsthand. When we talked to him earlier this week, Owens recalled the first time they became acquainted. He and Massey were both performing at the Webster Jazz and Blues Festival. It was the first time I met her, and right away, I loved her because she wasn't a diva. Not with me. Like she was not a diva at all. She was so cool and laid back and warm and giving. And I just remember her being like, she's like, baby, you got any CDs? And I was like, no, I don't have any. She's like, well, you got to have CDs. All these people out here, you need to have you some CDs. Even then just dropping knowledge, you know, just like, you know, pouring into me as a, as a, as a younger, you know, younger up and coming performer. And from that time, forward like every time I would I would seek him it was it was the same thing um same same kind of spirit it's uh Kim Massey has had this city on lock for a long time and and she should have it was and it was well deserved so she's going to be missed terribly and there's some some really big shoes to fill her ability to connect with any audience on her terms and in her way, I think is what made her special and kind of separate her from, from everybody else. I always hated going after Kim. <laughs> I always hated following her. Cause it's like, what am I supposed to do? You know, she go down there and tear the stage down. Um, and, and I'm supposed to follow that. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I was, was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Over the course of her career, Massey was sometimes compared to the late Etta James, who, like Massey, could perform all sorts of genres as a vocalist. Fellow luminary Denise Times, the jazz singer, remembers first suggesting the comparison to Kim Massey back in the early aughts. She ended up coming over to my house and 
And uh, I basically was just kind of giving her, you know, a feel of what the music scene was like in St. Louis. And I too had not too long come back from being in Atlanta for a while. And as we were, you know, talking, I, I looked at her and I said, you know who you are? And, uh, and she said, who? And I said, you're Etta James. And, uh, and she said, who is Etta James? I said, you don't know who Etta James is? And she said, no, I've never heard of her. And I just so happened had a poster of Etta James in my music room. And she looked at the poster and she looked at me and she said, yeah. She said, um, I am Etta James. And I said, yeah, you are. You know, and the uh, uh, next thing I know, Kim's hair was blonde, and, uh, and the rest is history. <laughs> so. Denise Times and Kim Massey performed together several times over the years in concerts that they termed When Jazz Meets Blues. Those shows always sold out. For Times, Massey's ability to capture the audience and make it hers stood out. One time I was at one of her sets, and the guy, you know, she was huge on the tip jar thing. Kim was the master of that. And no one could raise more money in a tip jar in one night than Kim Massey. And there was this guy, and I think he had put a $20 bill or something. He was really bragging how he had put this $20 in. And Kim was like, huh, that ain't nothing, you know. And, you know, she made like these little innuendos like, I'm worth more than $20, baby, you know, <laughs> something like that. And then the guy said, whoa, and he puts a $100 bill in there, you know? I mean, who can get away as a woman in this town and have a man to come on stage and put, you know, a certain amount of money in her bosom and still be branded a lady? You know what I'm saying? No one but Kim Massey could, could do that. No one but Kim. Massey also explored the world of theater. Ron Himes is the producing director for The Black Rep. He worked with Massey closely during a 2003 production. She appeared that year in It Ain't Nothing But the Blues, along with Times and other members of that phenomenal cast. And Kim had a great time doing it. And so uh, I think she had the bug there for a minute. And so the next production was, uh, we did a production of Damn Yankees. And... Uh, we set it in the Negro League, and so, you know, the music had uh, a whole different flavor. It was more bluesy and gospel, and so, of course, that fit right into Kim's wheelhouse as well. Ron Himes was blown away by her humor, her candor, and her willingness to try something new. You know, uh, I told I was like, Kim, you're not going to be able to sit down and do this show. You know, that's choreography. You got choreography. You got movement. And she was like, okay, come on. Let's do it. So I just really remember that. And it was, you know, such a joy to see her up working, you know, moving about and doing choreography. And, you know, I, she really, really had a good time out of her element. When Himes and his wife Heather would see Massey perform, Heather sometimes played a bit of a role herself in the show. She would pick up Kim's tip jaw and walk through the club collecting money for Kim. Uh, on the closing night of the bill, the line was down the street of people trying to get in because it was at capacity and, uh, you know, there was just no room for anybody else to get in. And 
people were there. I think they were like letting people, one or two people in as one or two people left. So we got there and we had two out of town playwrights with us. And uh, we, we knocked on the window and uh, the drummer, Gerald, got, uh, saw us and he got Kim's attention. And Kim said, open the door, let them in, <laughs> let them in. So she got me and my wife and our two guest artists in through the crowd. People were upset. <laughs> we were like, we thought people were going to jump on us. But uh, Kim saw us. And I think just because our relationship had been so wonderful over the years, she wanted to make sure that we could be in there for her final performance at the Bill. All right, keep it going. Operator, information. Well, give me Jesus on the line. Oh, operator, information. Please tell me what number to call. Oh, prayer is a number. Faith is the exchange. Heaven is the key and Jesus is his name. Operator, information. Please give me Jesus on the line. If you ever miss an episode of our show, you can catch the podcast. We record every conversation. Find individual episodes of St. Louis on the Air on our website. That's stlpublicradio.org. Or you can subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, the Google Podcast app, or wherever you get your podcasts. St. Louis on the Air is produced by Evie Hemphill and Lara Hamden, with production assistance from Aaron Dorr. The senior producer is Emily Woodbury, and the executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Thank you for listening. I'm Sarah Fenske. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.